Welcome to Gaming the Podcast. On this week's episode, we are going to be discussing what it is that we believe makes a great RPG. I'm John Robertson, and I'm joined as ever by Stace Harmon. And so, uh, Stace, I'll give you the difficult task of going first. What do you think <laughs> makes great, great RPG? If you can sum it up in ten seconds or less, and then yeah, we can bite, done. we can bite size it on Twitter, and then we've answered, <laughs> we've answered the question. Podcasting for the Instagram generation. Um, okay, so I'm going to start with something that. Uh, I think applies to every, certainly every RPG that I have loved. Um, and I can certainly see where I fall off RPGs that don't have this. And it's a, an important or a, a sense, well, it's a sense of place, a sense of place, a sense of a thing that exists, a place that exists and how that then makes me feel, which we'll, we'll sort of get onto later. But so there's lots of, um, there's lots of RPGs that I've played over the years that, uh, I thought one of the things that was going to be important was good writing. And I thought about what that meant and and do I believe in the place that I'm in. But I kind of, when I boiled it down, I sort of realized that actually it's more of a a feeling that I get when I walk around a world or a, a specific place in a game. And how does that, again, how does it make me feel? It always kind of comes back to that for me. So, um, So some examples of that would be like... Pretty much, well, certainly the, the latest two Elder Scrolls games, so Oblivion and Skyrim. I mean, it's obviously a very uh, oft-repeated and oft-referred-to uh, example, Skyrim specifically. Um, but that has this sense of place that I'm talking about. Mm. The world of The Witcher, um, some very specific locations in in like Zelda. Not Hyrule as a as an overarching like world, but just each Zelda map has its own sort of the before Breath of the Wild, particularly, each of those those like two D top down look at it um, maps has this kind of sense of place, and these are things that all tie into like when I think back on these RPGs, I think of the place and the the kind of the exploration of that place, and I, yeah, that's that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, but certainly one of the biggest things for me um that's important for for any great rpg is this is this sense of place and i know that you well we talked prior and you have a similar you came out basically that arrived at the same conclusion but from a slightly different direction right yeah so i labeled it depth of worlds and i think uh, as being something important to make an rpg great and i think it i think i define it by a sense of the world being having us having this um feeling that it's alive that it's real that it's existed mm. before you arrived um and sort of jumping again a bit and that you play a character that can meaningfully kind of interject itself in this world and play a role in this world and the world kind of reacts to you mm. um not necessarily in the sense that um like it changes necessarily but in the sense that it just notices you right like, yeah. like it yeah it 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 it, it accepts that your involvement here is part of it now and it shows that in yeah. some way um yeah. so i'm thinking uh yeah zelda um breath of the world um for me certainly plays into that it's quite a sparsely populated world but there are you know there's enough hints that like things happened here and it's sort of almost um 
it's almost post-apocalyptic in a way, isn't it? Breath of mm. the Wild. Well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like it used to be more there than there was now. Um, so I guess, yeah, I guess even thinking about it, it doesn't have to be that there's, there's be lows in the world because Breath of the Wild has less in it than it could, but it sort of hints that there were bigger things or there are things, there's a history yeah. that happened to, to yeah. have arrived at this place. Um, Final Fantasy VII's Midgar, uh, the Camarocho district in Yakuza, which is based on uh, Shinjuku. Uh, then I'm trying to think of other words. Fort Joy in Divinity 2. Mm-hmm. Um, well, every town. The, the world ends with you, actually, or Neo specifically, the latest world ends with you, has got that definitely as well for me, a sense of place. And that's that's a, a very specific, I've been to this place and because it, it's modelled on Shibuya and mm. I've been in Japan and I've been in Tokyo specifically and I've been to that place and, and I and it's not that oh I recognise that shop or I recognise that street it's that it feels like that place and it's it does a very good job of of recreating that even if you know you don't you can only interact with a handful of shops you only go into a handful of places you, the people walking around you don't uh, you don't interact with in any meaningful way really but yeah that that place uh, and and I also I, I see it in in games of D and D where it's like a it's a believability thing for me I think it's like do I do I believe in this world because I want to like you know if you're playing D and D or if you're playing a role playing game you you want to believe in that world that's partly why you're doing it you're willing to suspend your disbelief and then things that reinforce that and back that up just feel good they like it's a validation I suppose but like going into a little village. And this can be in a in a you know video game RPG or in D and D, and then like wanting to go to the magic shop to buy some potions, and and then in the case of D and D, the DM saying, "Well, no, there is no magic shop here. You're in the middle of nowhere. Like, what are you talking about?" It's like that. Yeah, of course. Like, is that that moment where it's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'm I'm you know this is a world that exists, not a place that just is here for me to come and restock my inventory." Yeah. And that that. I like that. I, even though I'm sort of being told I can't do something, it's like I really like the reason for it, and therefore it makes me buy into it all the more. And yeah, feel well, boundaries make about it. yeah, boundaries make something feel more real. Don't it? If something's just boundaryless, then it's kind of well, it feels it feels fake because it's not what we're yeah. used to in our yeah. own perception of reality. Like, so it's why it's difficult to envision a constantly expanding universe that we're also expanding mm. into like it's got a big barrier there somewhere. <laughs> but like uh, I, w- I was thinking when you're talking now i wonder if i wonder if sense of place what depth of world world building whatever you want to call it is such a key element to what makes a great rpg that actually when the world does have all of these things that we've spoken about this this depth and, and this believability and this sort of mm. reactionary state i wonder if that's enough to make a game an rpg in and of itself because when you're talking i'm thinking about bioshock and the world building mm. in bioshock is incredible and it feels like it's a real place and it's memorable when you're moving through it bioshock does have other rpg elements as well you're gaining gaining tools and leveling up your skills and whatever but i wonder if that in and of itself is enough to make bioshock more of an rpg than it is a shooter very yeah very possibly perhaps more so because yeah when you think of bioshock and you think of the rpg elements as they are usually described it is those oh skill trees and yeah the currency and the plasmids and the and you make a choice or famously in the first one you know you you're not making any real choice but Mm. you're making a choice and things are reacting to you those are the things that attend that tend to be held up but actually yeah the sense of place 
for you to play that role in, whether that's off under your own volition or uh, because you're being forced to. Yeah, that does. Well, yeah, and it, I get the same sort of feelings playing Bioshock as I do, and, and more specifically the first two than Infinite, I would say, because the the sense of place for me was not as strong in Infinite. Um, yeah, but that yeah, that's a very yeah an interesting an interesting point, and, and it also it leads to that sense of place, depth of world, leads to another big thing for me, which is like the way that an RPG makes me feel. It's a very experiential thing. I mean, you know, that's probably an obvious thing to say, but it's a very, like, how I feel when I'm playing an RPG particularly is what will take me back to RPGs years later, whereas I might not replay a different type of game. Or it, it will be what, what you know, what prompts me to put on a an RPG playlist on, you know, YouTube music or something. Like, it will be, a, it will, it, it's to sort of recreate that feeling of, that I had playing that game. Um, and because the soundtracks tend to be pretty, you know, pretty epic, pretty, mm. because they're, they're designed to be played for dozens, if not, you know, hundred plus hours, the soundtracks tend to be very, uh, nuanced and very well put together. Um, so yeah, they're enjoyable to listen to anyway, but yeah, that, so all of that feeds in again to like how I feel playing these games and, and it's why I can identify certain games. So like the Zelda series, pre breath of the wild i would say um i can there's certain entries in that series that i really really like and then there's ones that i just bounce off and i think most of it is because it depends on what mood i'm in when i play them because a lot of them feel a bit like clockwork toys very i mean immaculately designed clockwork toys and they work incredibly well they don't really make me feel very much i don't feel very much for the for the characters you know it's kind of like the you know, it's kind of like you know, it's like Mario yeah. template. Well, they are they're secondary, RPG, aren't they, to the mechanics? Yeah, it's so, like, and, here's and a hero, and, and it's the same. Yeah, it's the same vague story every single time. Rescue, yeah. rescue this person. Here's the great evil of the world that's reborn and whatever. Um, yeah. Then they're they're yeah the the story and that's very much a slave. It's very much designed not to get in the way of the real uh, attempt at gaining your concentration which is yeah mastering the mechanics and understanding mm. how to how to progress and so sometimes i can really enjoy that and sometimes i'm just like well, it's just not really i can't know for sure that i'm going to go into that and and you know i have to decide when i'm going to pick up a zelda game i think is what i'm getting at whereas a lot of the rpgs that i love i'll start playing and it will just you know that will then be that that's what i'm playing at then mm. that is kind of it's a it's the decision's been made for me almost um so, yeah, yeah, the experiential side of it is definitely a big thing for me, how it makes me feel, how it achieves that often through through music. And I think there's, to loop back to like the, the depth of world thing, that's one of the things that I really enjoy doing is exploring the map, going to a place, looking at a place on the map and then going there. Not because, oh, if you go to a far-flung place, far flung place on a video game map, you're probably going to get some sort of cool reward. Not for that reason, although I accept that that's probably going to happen. But, like, I enjoy going to a place and just seeing, is there some small hut there, that you know, on the edge of a lake that's abandoned, that kind of tells its own story? That, that, that that, that's what you were specifically looking for when you went to yeah, that very, part of the map. Is there a small hut? And if hut? there isn't, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> no small <laughs> hut, yeah. seven out of ten. <laughs> Or is it, or is there, or is there indeed like, 
you know, just nothing there, which kind of, for me, tells its own story. It's like, well, then I'm yeah, just lazy stood on the developers. edge of the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm stood on the edge of the world uh, and there's nothing There's nothing here. This place hasn't been populated. And so, yeah, that, that, that imbues both some sort of particular feeling and ties into the whole sense of place, depth of world thing as well. Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, when you're talking about going to this place and uh, seeing what was there, I did that a lot in Fallout 3. Uh, mm. I don't really like Fallout 4 that much, but Fallout 3, I yeah. did that a lot. And Fallout, Fallout 3 was very good at that. And it was often a kind of maze, a puzzle in order to work out how you got to that place as well, yeah. which kind of yeah. made the world feel more real in the it's this post-apocalyptic nuclear disaster zone. Um, so just getting there isn't just a case of walking from A to B and just making sure you got enough food and time. Mm. It's also about working out how to get there, which does make the world, you know, give that feeling of depth to the world that it's, um, that it's a character in its own, in its own, in its own, in its own right. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's also, I think that ability to choose where you want to go and where, um, Obviously, this applies to open world RPGs, and there's many different kinds of RPGs. But certainly for those sort of open world RPGs, that form of choice is mm. surely like a key pillar. Because um, and I was and I was thinking about this a choice and like how important is choice in general to me in RPGs, and not necessarily like geographical choice. Um, although I do think that's important, and that can give you a wildly different perspective of the world the order in which you see things a wildly different perspective to other people that have played the same things in a different order um but also in terms of i think the more common way of looking at choice in game which is in rpgs which is you know this choice and consequences do you want to mm, do yeah the good thing or the bad thing or do you want to do nothing or here's five different shades of gray in between or here's you know some random quirky thing that you might choose to do or whatever and i was thinking like yeah that is really important to me and i'm thinking about things i've played recently like divinity and uh Baldur's gate mm. and the witcher longer ago i've just started playing pathfinder as well wrath of the righteous the new mm -hmm. pathfinder game that came out last week uh and that's that's, that's just like Baldur's Gate and Divinity, like incredibly choice heavy, like six, seven dialogue options for every conversation, for every line of conversation, like, you know, yeah. talk to this person, don't talk to that person, kill this one, don't like whatever. And I was thinking, yes, that is really important. And it certainly is important in those games. Um, so consequences for your actions, or consequences for your choices, um, slash actions, as being a really important thing uh, for me. But then some of my favorite RPGs, the Yakuza games, uh, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII, VII, VIII, and IX in particular, um, of the Final Fantasy games, they don't really provide that much choice of narrative. They provide choice no. elsewhere, which we can talk about, but they don't provide much choice of action of narrative or narrative actions at all, really. And yet, I still really love those games even though they have they don't have this thing that i do love in these other games so when trying to come up with what makes a great rpg some of these things that make this rpg great uh, and it's like okay well that's what makes it great that's what makes the genre great well it doesn't even exist in this other one that mm. i think makes mm. it great and then thinking about that i wonder what's actually if it's more important to me that i don't really care if i'm in control of the narrative at all i just want the narrative to have consequences for the characters involved so yeah in final fantasy i'm not making any choices in most final fantasies i'm not making any choices that inform the next cutscene. 
but the character on screen made a choice and that does have a consequence in the next cutscene. So maybe that's just enough. So maybe in the narrative for me, it just has to have actions and consequences, whether or not I am a part of the choice of the action. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's not a key thing. Um, it just is a key thing of a certain kind of RPG, but it's not a rule that needs to be universally blanketly applied to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I can see. Yeah, I can definitely uh, appreciate that and, and identify with that. I think the, and that's why I thought, I thought good writing was going to be a thing for me. I thought when I sat down to make this list, I thought like, right. I almost started with those. Well, you know, of course it's got to be well, written. And, and I was thinking about specific. Well, and you mentioned Skyrim at the start, which is all yeah. choice and consequence. So that's yeah, all absolutely. that game is. Yeah. That's and that is, that is, that's yeah, a horrible I mean, that is, way of, but that's, a big thing of what that game <laughs> I know is. what you mean it, yeah I mean it's got some you know it's got lots and lots of qualities it's also got some sort of hokey uh writing and but that kind of like fairy tale sort of like you know oh there's a giant in the hills and that sort of stuff and in that kind of game it's like all I need to know is where I need to go I just need to hear some sort of rumor of I don't need to stand there and talk through this area's backstory or the, the lore of this area or this that i'm not really bothered about that because the writing you know um, doesn't electrify me and i'm like just tell me where i need to go or give it better still tell me that there are these three four five places in the local area that have stuff attached to them uh and i'll go and explore and just find out i don't need to stand here you know i'd spend a very little time in towns and villages and cities in skyrim or oblivion uh outside of like proper quest points but the and even that you know i've played those games for for i don't know exactly but scores of hours probably you know oblivion and skyrim i don't know 100 plus hours total Mm. i've not been anywhere near completing the main quest lines i don't i'm not even sure i could tell you what what you're meant to be doing really uh oblivion gates i remember that from oblivion but i i just explore a load and so so yeah, so the writing isn't as big a deal as I thought it was going to be, and I think that that's it's not always the one thing that you think. Oh, I, I, every game I love has this particular thing. Um, it doesn't necessarily, but there's definitely common themes that run through several of the things that I like. Like you mentioned, Final Fantasy, and that's why you know I kind of prefer Final Fantasy over Dragon Quest as a as just as a general series um, because Final Fantasy tick some of these boxes more or, or delivers better in some of these areas than than dragon quest does for me um but it's a lot of the final fantasy games don't make me feel stuff like i appreciate them like i enjoy the intellectual exercise of setting up the gambit system in final fantasy 12 mm. and enjoy that that challenge and that stimulation and like it's a puzzle and enjoy feeling clever essentially like oh i've set this up <laughs> yeah. and then but if this kicks in oh that's okay because i've got these other characters doing this other thing but that doesn't you know i can appreciate that as a well designed system but it doesn't make me like it's not the thing that i'm after it's not the feeling it's not that kind of experiential uh experience that i'm I'm looking for when I'm playing yeah. an RPG. I think Final Fantasy twelve is is an interesting one. The one with the gamut system that you mentioned. And it's it's the one that I really like and I've played a lot of and yeah, intellectually it's rewarding in that way. But it is the one I'm kinda of least passionate about not the least passionate about, but I'm way less passionate about that than I am some of the earlier games and the Final Fantasy Seven remake. Because the characterization's just not there. Like the the game is more 
about just giving you loads of stuff to do and loads of places to go and loads of like locations mm. to wander around and kill monsters in and stuff and the when the cities are impressive in their scale and there's people walking around although they're quite hollow because you can't you know the each character in those most of the npcs walking around that has five words to say and then they just repeat them yeah. um but yeah on an intellectual level the gamut system is really interesting but the characters are just nowhere near as good like um so it doesn't as much as i want to be grounded in the world i need to be grounded in the world through characters maybe mm. and those characters in final fantasy 12 are just nowhere near as interesting they're not as um i don't know there's not as deep like the things just don't seem as important to them as they do in mm. say the, as the things do in final fantasy 7 and the inter and the inter-character relationships between them are not as strong um because so i was thinking about yeah so like what you were saying about the the intellectual exercise and i think one of the key things more than uh, having agency over the story for me is agency in being able to define what your characters do in non-story mm. mode when yeah. they're exploring or when they're fighting or whatever so agency in leveling up i guess agency in deciding mechanically who those who these people are um and I think Final Fantasy does an amazing job at that. Whilst you're just going through the motion, well, just you know, you're going through the motions of the story that that has been authored for you. And I think authored story, this idea of like choose your own path all the time, is kind of maybe is things are too skewed in favour of that at the moment in video games, and it probably has been for like ten or fifteen years. Mm. Versus the authored story, like what happened to the authored story? Like, do people not like books anymore? Like, what? Like, what? what what's wrong with expert to- storytellers telling you? a story um you're not always so, made to feel as important are you i think that might be part of the problem and in a video game like you're the player you should be the most important thing i think yeah. i think maybe that's part of it that you're not made you can you in an authored story you're not the most important bit and so yeah you know, you're uh maybe people it just you're in someone else's head rather than your own yeah. head i suppose yeah. And, and, but yeah agency and leveling up and uh and i think final fantasy is a great example of that it's got the authored story but um, Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9, certainly. And I always go back to it's hard when you're saying, um, this is one of the things I had to try to get out of when I was coming up with what makes a great RPG, because you're skewed towards those mm-hmm. RPGs that made you love RPGs yeah. in the first place. Yeah. So it's hard not to just let nostalgia just take over um, and sort of give you this this warped view versus, like you're looking back at what you loved rather than what it is actually objectively well subjectively but honestly you like now um but yeah that sense of progression through leveling up and the materia system in final fantasy and like you were saying in the gambit system in 12 where you feel really smart because this the gambit you like gambit number 12 or whatever that you've put in is suddenly kicked in it's like yes Mm. i planned for this finally the plan my best laid plans have come to work I think that's how, like all the way back in Final Fantasy VII, that was happening in a similar way to like, oh, this really bad thing's happened to my party and now I've got this linked materia here mm-hmm. that I only mm-hmm. use one every 15, one every 20 fights, but it's come, it's come yeah. to pass now. And that gives, that gives this sense of agency that you don't get in the, in the story. Yeah yeah and that's and that which does lead to one of my uh sort of biggest most obvious statements i think of this podcast episode is that one of the things i really like or that's really important to me or that i think makes a great rpg is 
the ability to role play in a role playing game, which sounds ludicrously obvious but that manifests to tie that into what you were just talking about that manifests in final fantasy for me because although those characters as you say the characters are predefined you know and the story you know you're sure as hell going to get to that next cutscene that cost five million dollars to make like you're that you're going to see that cutscene. there's no way that you're making choices that skirt you around that or you know that get you away from it and that's there's no, no nothing wrong with that at all but what final fantasy does well in other areas, I think, is then give you that agency to have your characters play different roles in combat. And that, it doesn't sound like, it, it doesn't necessarily sound like much. It's like, oh, well, this person is the tank and this person is the damage dealer and whatever. But it's more than that for me. It is like, I sort of perceive those characters' personalities through how I set them up in combat. Possibly yeah. because that is really the only way that you do get to sort of role play or express that in in the Final Fantasy games. But it is a very strong part of it for me. I really enjoy doing that. And I enjoy, and sometimes there's like a, you know, there might be like a role switch halfway through because uh, you picked up some cool stuff that for me, it might be like, oh, that fits this character, mm. even though it doesn't fit what they're currently doing. I'm going to respec them. Or I'm going to do whatever it is. and Because I'm, I'm playing this role. It's like, you know, this person... I can, it can be kind of silly. Like, oh, this person is particularly good at this job, but they've always wanted to be this thing instead. You know, or the story tells me that this person's meant to be the healer, but no, they're not going to be the healer in my game. They're going to be, you know, something else. They're going to be like this poisonous assassin or something. So I enjoy that, that side of Final Fantasy and kind of um, playing those roles through the systems that it gives you to do it, which in that case is often combat roles. Um... And of in you know more broadly, things like the Witcher games, I think, are very are a very good example of that for me. Because although I'm very possibly even that it's the sweet spot, I'm, you know, I'm not saying the Witcher is the best at doing this, but it does do it very well for me because you get the authored story, and more specifically, you get an authored character. And this is Geralt, and you're told. Th- primarily through his interactions with other people and how they react to him you're you're told what kind of person he is and what 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 his past is but then you get to choose and i guess have your you know have your choices matter in that that very explicit sense of you do x and y happens but also just in conversation you know is is Geralt going to be you know does he have is he because he's going to lend a sympathetic ear to these people? Is he just going to like brush them off? So you get to do both, and that's I enjoy that a lot more so than uh, more so that aspect than like in in an Elder Scrolls game because the role playing in that is is more for me is well what do I want to do rather than I'm playing a role like it's just a blank cipher. It's like well what do I want to yeah. Know? go and achieve today rather than how would my character react to the react to this yeah so how do you then feel about things like the souls games which are blank slate characters they don't really say anything or really do anything in terms of the story mm. mm-hmm. uh it's the characters around them that give the context and often tell you what to do or what to th- not what to think but sort of who you mm. are i suppose they tell you who you are um but the only real agency in that comes from your weapons and how you level up your course, the stats and what gear you choose to work. So do, do you apply the same level of role playing to that? Or, or is it different because there are no characters to talk to? There is just one character. I don't know. Well, 
see the role playing in in a Souls game works far better for me than say the role playing in a Zelda game because in a Souls game yeah your character doesn't say anything they don't have conversations you don't like you know have long drawn out um dialogues with with people um but that fits the world in most cases i think you know you are this wretched uh possibly undead thing and you're kind of you're a vessel in in more than one sense of the word you're a vessel for the player to you know to uh perform these actions and be this cool fighting combat character but you're also just a vessel for what's happening in the world as well and so that i like that i like the the I buy into it and it fits far more for me than Link in the Zelda games where it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't like they talk to him as though he's talking back uh, in, you know, the vast majority of the the early games particularly. And it's never sat well with me and I've never, you know, it's just been like, that's an odd thing. I can't really role play this. So for the Zelda games, that sense of place is does has to do a lot more work for me than uh, because there isn't really a role-playing element there isn't or not in the way that i enjoy it anyway um so yeah the souls games work for me that's not the strongest part of it i enjoy you know again probably the sense of place the history of the world i do think sometimes in those games it's a little bit too obscure for me because like there's stuff that i can watch on on you know youtube videos that explains the lore of a particular place um i think there's a, a youtuber uh vata video who does amazing videos on the souls lore and even to the point of like oh when this boss dies the shape that they leave behind as they're exploding um is these three characters put together from this lore and it's like it's crazy stuff but it's and i find it very interesting but it's like it's so obscure that i'm just not going to see any of that in the game and so that's the sort of it's a bit too far for me but i appreciate that it's there but it's like i yeah unless i happen to watch a video about it i'm not going to know that and that's a bit too much work for me to like work to do in the game to find this stuff out fine having to go to an external source to to sort of get this extra enrichment is a is a step too far for me that kind of takes me out of it a bit too much um so yeah i mean yeah role playing it sounds obvious but role playing in role playing games uh is a is a big thing for me and can put me off certain games that that don't have the ability to do that in in some way shape or form um and it, again it's like the dragon quest series i can appreciate that it's the, a lot of those games are very good i don't get that from them um yeah that's why i think i would probably choose like in general final fantasy over over dragon quest for for that reason it's not mm. as um i don't know i don't get to sort of express myself as much through them it's more yeah. of a story being told and then how important so one of the things i've got here is the sense of progress being important to an rpg game and and it, and it could be um it could be any of these things that we've spoken about it could be narrative progression it could be exploration progression moving more on the map it could be leveling up it can be um finding new gear whatever finding new lore mm. um because I was thinking that a lot of these things that I've that I like um, don't really apply to some games that I've that are some series, some RPG franchises that I would consider like top tier. Certainly, mm-hmm. maybe not. Maybe I wouldn't consider them top tier for me now, but certainly top tier in terms of how they've influenced my thinking about RPGs. And Pokemon is one of them. The early Pokemon games on 
uh, Game Boy and the early DS games, especially. Not really so into them now, although I'd still mm. do play them, but I think I've just sort of got Pokemon out a bit and they're, they're just kind of pretty similar every with each with each edition now um but still they've had a huge influence on me and and i think i was trying to think of okay what is it that makes those great because the writing is i mean it's fine but it's nothing yeah. it's nothing special yeah. the characterization is nothing special the world building is pretty decent but it's like the same world as largely the same world building elements and techniques that they've always used so it's kind of um sort of worn a bit thin but I think in that it's just this general sense of progression is is mm. the key thing. And it sounds a bit sort of nebulous and sort of lacking any precision. But um but I was thinking like every single thing you do in the Pokemon game is progress. And I suppose you couldn't in a way say that about every game, but it's always forward progress. It's always progress towards something higher, I suppose, mm. or something um quote unquote better. Uh, more leveled up in pokemon so you're always going along the path to the next higher gym trainer you're always finding the next pokemon which is filling out more numbers on your pokedex and potentially adding them to your squad you're leveling up your pokemon you're evolving your pokemon you're learning new abilities like everything in that game is all about just constantly moving on from where you are now and knowing that until you get to the end there's always going to be something um to move on to so that sense of that gives it like a big sense of scale um so i'm wondering how important that is and i think probably on most of these games that have been mentioned final fantasy demon souls the witcher skyrim divinity all of these they have a massive sense of scale i think trying to define whether bioshock is a great rpg or not it has less of that sense of scale because it's comparatively it's like one tenth of the length of the rest of those games most of those mm. games um but i suppose it has scale in other ways a more sort of sensory scale um but yeah i think for me certainly a sense of progress a sense that there's always something bigger or higher to achieve is mm probably pretty important like if you just had the same abilities and the same things all the time then i don't know was that is that still a great rpg yeah i think i do i do know what you mean i think the it's, i don't think it's as important to me uh there's an offshoot of that where it's like the options available are something they don't necessarily need to be sort of onwards and upwards though they might be you know, I kind of I've touched on before. Like I'm the kind of you know I play Hearthstone a reasonable amount. I'm the kind of Hearthstone player that isn't really looking for the most optimal deck or the one that wins or the one that kind of gets the biggest win streak. It's like the, yeah, making but, those odd things work. Yeah, but I mean progress. Sort of progress in Hearthstone might be using different cards that you use, but not necessarily more powerful mm. ones. But you're progressing in terms of using different cards than you were before. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, but so that would be like that fits into something like The Witcher, where you might go, and I have done this, gone, you know, looking for a particular set of armor and liking having the cat set of armor, whatever it is, because it, it, I like how that fits kind of the Geralt that I'm currently playing on, and even just how it looks, like, so that armor looks cooler than the, I don't know, the, uh, the bear one or whatever it might be, um, versus, that kind of forward momentum 
because that's kind of like it feels to me like that's sort of sideways like but yes it's still progress definitely down a particular track but it's like a sideways movement rather than a, an upwards movement yeah which, i mean yeah, yeah maybe upwards like isn't I, th- I think a spread is probably more accurate so it doesn't necessarily have to be because mm. acquiring a new pokemon doesn't necessarily mean an upgrade sure it's not necessarily yeah yeah I like, you know, actually, yeah, it occurs to me, it's funny because you talked about Pokemon several months ago, many, many months ago in the uh, I Love You But episode that we did, which was games that we've loved in the past, but we wouldn't play again. And so you talked about Pokemon in that. And the thing, the reason it's funny is because the thing I was thinking of as you were talking about that was uh, Plants vs. Zombies, which was a game that I talked about in that same episode, but specifically the Zen Garden in Plants vs. Zombies, where... I mean, this is as simple as progression gets, but you're watering these things. You check in periodically, you water these plants, they get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then they reach like their final form. But in the meantime, you're also getting other plants. And sometimes, you know, you're filling out your slots basically in your greenhouse and you'll get ones that are um, different and you have to go through different challenges or different things to get these ones. But there's that sense of, yeah, a spread. It is like that. It is like it's, it's, like it's not necessarily getting a better one or getting something that is you know making the previous things redundant it's like there's more variety here and it's it's broadening it it's it's a filling out of a uh breadth of stuff rather than just a sort of a linear progression from the one thing to a better thing to a better thing um so yeah i do that does sort of scratch a particular itch for me um and probably a bigger bigger than i kind of appreciate or identify but it's not something that i would sort of tacitly acknowledge and and think yeah actually that does that is important and yeah i can point to you know all the games that where there is a strong sense of that and it does it i do enjoy it um but it that might be you know at the most fundamental level it might be why historically you have enjoyed the pokemon games a lot and i've always kind of bounced off them because i've never i just wasn't looking for that Mm. at that moment and i've never really sort of gone all in on it um so yeah so that's well i mean the the sense of progression there that you've just chosen with the sense of place slash depth of world uh this kind of experiential nebulous kind of feel of a game um it needs to make me feel a certain way or feel something um what else did you have? You had uh, narrative consequences. Consequences, uh, yeah. Whether consequences you make your choices. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, not always your choice. Well, yeah, consequences for Just your choices. choices. I do believe yeah. in consequences for your choices in terms. I think that's important all the time in leveling up and those sort of things for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, narratively, I'm not 100% sure. But then I don't know. Then it's like Divinity 2 is like one of my. Divinity Original Sin 2 is one of my favorite RPGs. And if that didn't have choice, choices, Mm. And it wouldn't be one of them. Like, that is such a core part. But then there are other RPGs that I love that don't have it at all. So, yeah, one of the problems in making one of these definitively what is the greatest. Like, there's always (laughs) going to be conflicts and always you're always going to be struggling to have a universal rule for everything. Well, I think it's specifically this genre as well, because this genre is so, so many things now are considered an RPG that it's hard to uh you know one person's rpg isn't another person's rpg even yeah so yeah um yeah. yeah well that's yeah so that just to quickly look back to the divinity thing before we wrap up that's one of those games where absolutely i really i love the freedom that i feel like i'm afforded i mean i'm probably afforded it in every game but i love the freedom that i feel like i'm afforded 
particularly in a multiplayer game, perhaps that's a key part of it, that I'm role-playing. I'm role-playing this character. This character would do this thing. This thing is probably suboptimal to to our overall progress, and it's probably going to cause some problems. But, you know, it's Fane. That's what Fane would do. Like, I, you know, I can't help it. That's just what I'm going to do. And that isn't like the wangrod defense, as Matt Colville terms it, that is, I'm going to do deliberately irritating and annoying stuff and just say, oh, that's what my character would do. Because it's still within the confines of the video game. So you can still only make a certain number of choices. But that, I like that freedom that's afforded to me of, well, I, I kind of have to just follow what Fane's doing. I think the fact that Divinity 2 is set up in that way that uh you do well hopefully everybody knows by this point there's kind of like you're you're part of a party but ultimately there's only like one chosen one or whatever it's called i can't even remember what it's called now in, yeah, in the divine the divine so like you're working together uh but yeah there's probably going to come a point where you are going to have to make your own choices so you might as well be true to yourself from the beginning rather than just towing the party line well uh, that's anyway, interesting that's yes i played it in four player though so just trying mm-hmm. to trying to work that one out um <laughs> be true to yourself and not your party but you need the party to get you to the ends uh yep. how do you figure that one out yeah uh, there's your choice and consequences and the rpg thing yeah absolutely as you said rpgs mean many different things to many different people there is possibly some maybe there's some merit in us exploring further down the line more uh specific more focused sort of subgenres of rpg and and talking more about those um because it is a very big it is a very big topic mm. but nonetheless hopefully we have reached some sort of uh clear delivery of the things that are important to us at least to make a great rpg even if it's not the things that definitively make a great rpg um yeah okay so i think uh i think that's the end we've we've nailed what makes the greatest (laughs) what makes a great rpg Uh, let us know (laughs) yeah uh, yeah if you know let us know on twitter we are at indie by design Right, and you by design on all social media platforms. Uh, if you go to our Twitter, you'll also find a link to our Discord. And if you go to indiebydesign.net, you'll find a link to all the video game books that we write and produce and publish. And our latest one, 20 Double Fine Years. Uh, if you're quick, you can pre order it now. Um, shipping will begin very soon, soon. on very soon. that, which is very exciting for us and for everyone. Um, so yeah go and check that out if uh, if you're interested in our books but otherwise thank you for listening and we will see you again next week <laughs> <laughs>